Welcome to That Disney Hustle. We are joining you live in studio. Well, I guess not live because, you know, it's pre-recorded. But it's live when we did it. We are alive. We're live and well. Uh, I know we missed last week. Uh, That is mostly due to uh, our inability to come to agreement on the episode. But we have worked hard to put that away and uh, come to an agreement on the episode. By the time we figured out what we were doing last week, we just didn't have time to record it, and uh, we've we've adjusted. So today you get a brand new shiny packaged uh, episode, and we are talking about Disney's Art of Animation Resort and the Flavors of Animation uh, Dining Experience. We're going to give a review and our our takeaways from that and our little time at the uh, art of animation. Art of animation. I just like combine that into one word. Armanation. Art of animation resort. So I'm gonna turn it over to Chanel. I'm really struggling to be able to use words today, uh, and she is going to kind of give us the intro to uh, to what we did that uh, during this last trip in 2023. So take it away. I think that every time we do a dining review of any sort, we should call it an experience, just like you did. It's very reminiscent to me of of Daryl from The Office. I don't know why. Experience. I can just hear Daryl saying, I hope that you enjoy your experience. Um, So... <laughs> we'll come by at your at your leisure. Okay. So, um, yes, I am excited. We are excited to bring you this episode today. It is our Art of Animation episode. Now, mind you, we have not stayed here as guests, but we had we did visit the um, d- visit this resort the last time that we were at Disney, which was just a few months ago. Um, Okay, so during our stay this time, we stopped there twice. Our first time being after Universal. We did do a day at Universal, and we decided that this would be a good meeting spot for dinner. After we left Universal with um, with other family members, we were in separate vehicles and things like that, and so we this was our meeting spot was art of animation. We agreed that we all wanted to try the food court here and to see what it was like and see a little bit more of this resort up close and personal because Caleb and I have never actually up until this point, we had not actually been to art of animation to, to test it out. So, um, we were really excited to do this. Olive was excited. Um, and this is just a beautiful, beautiful resort. Um, the second time that we visited visited it was also on this trip. We decided, after having seen it a little bit with Olive especially, that um, we were really interested, or she was really interested, I should say, in visiting the arcade. It had, Art of Animation does have a sizable, for Disney, um, arcade. And so Olive is into those kind of things. She likes games and likes arcades and stuff like that, um, which to me is a bit of a bygone era. But um, Disney still has some and they can be pretty cool at times. So um, the second time we also used this as a meeting spot, um, Fern and I had had a resort day, which um, you can hear we've got a podcast about that, about Caribbean Beach, Fern and I's resort day and what we did and the fun we had if you want to go back and listen to that. And 
Olive and Caleb had a daddy-daughter day at Hollywood Studios, um, which also you can go back and listen to that episode too and see what adventures they had and what fun things they did. So we used Art of Animation as a meetup point um, to have fun at the arcade and to do some fun things. Um, Art of Animation is along the Skyliner Resort, um, so that's really good for you to know. Skyliner Resorts are so great. It just offers another mode of transportation. And being that Fern and I were at Caribbean Beach, which is also on Skyliner, we were easily able to connect with Caleb and Olive there and um, have a fun evening of exploring uh, the resort there a little more and the arcade. It was just a lot of fun. So just from seeing what I've seen, again, we have not stayed at the resort as guests, as overnight guests. Um, But just seeing what I saw, I could see that this is such a fun, exciting resort. I could see that for families with children especially, I can just imagine being a kid and pulling up to this resort and walking into the lobby and seeing all of the colorful lighting, um, the colorful um, images of... um, So it's the art of animation. So the art... The artwork looks like various stages of animation, and it really showcases the artist's talent. So it's just so much fun looking for families with children. The pool area is gorgeous. Um, It's called The Big Blue, and it is, I believe, the largest pool on property. So that's a pretty exciting thing. Um, So the one thing that we couldn't do, because this is one of the largest and most sought after pools, and again, at a value resort. So I love the way Disney does this. They don't reserve just their biggest and most exciting pools for for their fanciest deluxe resorts. They offer some of the greatest pools even at their value. So this pool is not one that just anybody can walk into. This one is um, Magic Band Entrance because it's so highly sought after. So this is a great reason to stay at this resort. Value resort, so you are getting some of the best pricing on Disney property for staying there, but you're also getting one of the greatest pools on Disney property. Absolutely beautiful pool. Um, There are other pools on property. As with most Disney resorts, there are multiple pools to choose from. You usually have a main feature pool and others. So this one has three pools, um, including the Big Blue Pool, which I just mentioned, um, single largest hotel pool at Walt Disney Resort. It's also got a Cozy Cone Pool. I love that. We didn't get to see this one, but I love... If you have listened to any of our episodes, you know how I feel about cozy cones. Um, You know (laughs) Caleb is chuckling about this. But in Disneyland, there is a cozy cone area um, in Pixar Pier that I absolutely adore. Um, Caleb's shaking his head no. Cars Land. Why did I say Pixar Pier? Anyway, the Cozy Cone Pool just sounds amazing. There is also the Flippin' Fins Pool. And, of course, at Disney Resorts, you have poolside activities. So those are free, fun activities that are included in your stay and cast members um, doing dance parties and leading you in all sorts of fun things, trivia games, so much fun. Um, So great reasons to stay. I can't believe, like, I have all this information pulled up for you, and you're just, like, completely ignoring it. But um, the Big Blue Pool is themed after Finding Nemo. It's a zero-entry pool, uh, and it's 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 really cool. I mean, it's very vibrant, very bright, colorful. You have all these, like, jellyfish, you know, in 
I don't know what they are, structures, <laughs> uh, ornaments, or whatever in the pool. Uh, but it's definitely, if you have kids who are fans of Finding Nemo, like, I, I don't think you can pass up staying at Art of Animation. Um, Chanel did talk about Cozy Cone. Obviously, that's themed after Cars. Um, and then the Flippin' Fins pool um, is themed after The Little Mermaid, which, you know, of course, is a classic Disney animated film. Um, but you don't you don't want to miss, uh, s- you know, swimming in the Flippin' Fins pool if you are a fan of The Little Mermaid. The one obvious uh, missing element, if you know anything about the Art of Animation Resort, is that there is no Lion King-themed pool. Lion King is the fourth-themed area of the resort. There's, so there's no Lion King-themed pool. So Little Mermaid, Cars, and uh, Finding Nemo are the other themed areas, but they all get pools. Somehow, Simba was gypped on getting a pool. So you're the facts guy, and I'm just the gush about how exciting things are person. <laughs> so Caleb, yeah, read some amazing facts there about those pools. They're just really beautiful pools. And, of course, playground areas. Um, because we couldn't stop at the pool, we did stop at a playground area briefly for Olive to run around and get out her energy. Um, Disney resorts are great about that, about having both um, pool options and uh, playground options and even dog-friendly accommodations. So um, on at the Art of Animation Resort, they do have, um, it is a dog-friendly hotel. So if you have your, if your favorite travel companion is four-legged and furry and a puppy dog, you can, um, that can be accommodated at Art of Animation. So that's a great thing. Um, you do want to find out what is entailed in that, <laughs> pun intended, uh, because there are some you know, restrictions and whatnot on bringing our four-legged furry friends. And if that's you and you book with us, we can help you find those things out. We can help you find out what the restrictions are. So, um, again, this is a gorgeous resort. So um, from here, Caleb is going to take it and he is going to give us some more history of the resort. He was telling me some of it before we started the episode. Very interesting history to this resort. And he's going to give you a little bit of the arcade information as well. Yeah, if you can remember back, if you are a a longtime listener, if you can remember back to when we would do our walkthroughs of the different Walt Disney Disney uh, parks. So we did all of the Walt Disney World parks. We did both of the Disneyland parks. As we would go, I would throw in little nuggets of history of each of the attractions, the park itself, little bits of history. I love that. I love knowing the history of the parks, knowing the history of Imagineers and all of what they've done. I've got books on it. My brother bought me this amazing book for my birthday last, I think it was last year. Um, and it's, 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 it goes hand in hand with one of the Disney Plus shows, um, and it has to do with the Imagineers, their story. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but the history of this hotel, um, Art of Animation, is intriguing for sure. So if you've ever stayed at Pop Century or you've stayed at Art of Animation or you've stayed at both, you notice a lot of similarities. And that is for very good reason. Because originally they were going to be a kind of a paired resort. So it was going to be called Pop Century, but it was going to have two 
um, real, you know, hotel areas. So one was going to be what is now known as Pop Century. And it would have been called the classic years. It would have taken you from the 1950s to the 1990s. And then what is now the art of animation would have been known as the legendary years. And so this would have been the first half of the century, 1900s to the 1940s. And they got working on this. And and what would be between them would be known as hourglass lake and you would traverse the two areas by crossing the generation gap bridge and it was going to be this gigantic area can i just say that that sounds so stinking cool i would have loved to stay in the in the older half of the century like the teens and the 20s cuz i just love that kind of thing um i'm a history nerd but i have to say and maybe this went into their decision making factor um some of the other hotels on property kind of can represent some of those decades like i'm thinking saratoga springs and even grand floridian they kind of have some of those turn of the century feel so maybe that's why they nixed well caleb probably get into more information but you know just thinking that could be why they uh, when they went back into it, they nixed those ideas. But boy, I would have loved to stay at a very specifically, you know, um, themed turn of the century, teens, 20s, roaring 20s themed hotel. I mean, how fun would that be? Maybe hoping to see a little bit of that with Tiana because I'm thinking she's kind of that roaring 20s flapper kind of area Um princess and the frog gives those kind of vibes so maybe with tiana we'll get a little bit of that but i think that would have been such an awesome idea for hotel okay back to you yeah and and there are definitely reasons why things didn't go as planned and i would love to say that it was as thought out as what you suggested maybe they realized they had all these things already but alas i don't think it was Essentially, what happened is construction broke ground in 1999. And you can find all this information online, of course. That's that's how I discovered it. So construction began in 1999 and continued for about three years pretty steadily. Uh, but after 9-11, things kind of came to a screeching halt in the theme park industry. Um, of course, 9-11 shifted a lot of things culturally, uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, But I will say, tourism was an industry that was hit very hard as the result of 9-11. I think people were more timid with spending money, but also I think people didn't really want to be in places that could be considered, you know, (laughs) high-level targets, maybe, if you will, for that type of terrorist activity. Take that for what it's worth. Um, we are not a political podcast. But as a result of the economy in decline, as a result of tourism being way down, and, and really, I mean, the next decade bore that out. It would be like really another 12 years before the tourism industry really boomed again. Um, they they just stopped. They They did finish what would become Pop Century Resort, uh, but the other half of it was just left pretty much abandoned. And so Pop Century has always kind of felt a little, um, not unfinished because it is finished, but it it feels awkward. Uh, I listened to another podcast, another Disney podcast, and they just talked about how the theming just doesn't make sense. And I, I would say the theming would have made more sense had the legendary years been built. I think you would have had a complete story. 
But because Pop Century only covers the 1950s through the 1990s, you're kind of going, why are, Why an ode to these, you know, four or five decades? Like, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. So, five decades. Like, why? It just doesn't make sense. Why start in the 50s? Well, it would have been the entire 20th century. Um, and, and maybe that would have even been a better name for it than Pop Century. Would have been to, like, just call it the 20th century. Um, kind of an ode to the 1900s. But it's it it is what it is. So it was left the at least the other side of it was left abandoned. The legendary years was left abandoned, and so what had been built in the in in the legendary years was two of the T shaped buildings, and what would have been the check in area. That was what was completed, and you can actually see a picture of the check in area um, where it shows like the the big numbers in front of where you would have entered, and it's weeds are grown up and you know all that kind of stuff it looks pretty sad to be honest um as time went on we enter the 2000s and disney begins testing family suites for many years most of the disney resorts uh only offered accommodations that could fit a family of four and so they begin testing family suites, and there are a resounding success. They built some at the All Star Music Resort. I think some of the some of the moderate and some of the deluxe had those all along, but like at a valued level, they're testing them, and and they decide they want to go all in on that. And so in 2010, they announced the Disney's uh, they announced Disney's Art of Animation Resort, and the concept would be that it would be mostly family suites. And so when you talk about art of animation, though it is a value resort, so often people talk about the cost of it being a little bit higher than all the other value resorts. And that's because three-fourths of the buildings are family suite built, uh, rooms. They, account, they accommodate up to families of six, I believe, six or eight. And so, you know, it... it they're much bigger, um, and obviously they come with multiple rooms in the suite, so you can fit everybody. And even the room types are, are the building types are very different. In the remaining um, building from the original construction, which now is the Little Mermaid section, which is just your traditional rooms, those are the types like in most of the value and moderate resorts where you enter the room from the outside. The family suites are more modern style where you enter the room from an inside hall, much more akin to the deluxe resorts and even like the um, Grandestino Tower, that kind of thing at Coronado Springs. So there's there's a difference in the buildings, you know, obviously, uh, and, and all of that. So fast forward to now. Uh, Art of Animation continues to be a very successful and highly sought after resort and that explains you know the the history of it explains why you've got the little mermaid section which is the more standard room type and size and you've also got all these family suites it explains the price point on them you know it is it is meant to be for more people therefore they can justify the higher price tag that's all that's all a breath a, a mouthful I'm out of breath. Doesn't help that uh, asthma's been kicking my tail lately. But um, continuing on, one of the cool things that we decided to do there, um, the resort that we stayed at, Caribbean Beach, did not have an arcade. 
And I, as I began to dig into this, I wondered, because every resort I've ever stayed at before had an arcade. Well, Disney's Caribbean Beach is, I believe, if I'm reading this correctly, the only resort that does not have an arcade. At some point it did, but it was closed, and I don't know the reasons. If you do, let us know. I would love that little tidbit of information. But it does not have an arcade, and so Olive wanted to do an arcade. She's she's our gamer. She loves to do these type of things. So when we had visited Art of Animation to eat at Flavors of Animation, we saw the arcade. Olive and I had gotten there a little bit early. We had Ubered, and so we were able to just take an Uber straight to the resort while the rest of the family rode with my brother. They parked their car at Caribbean Beach and then hopped on the Skyliner and took the Skyliner to... Um, art of animation. So we got there a little bit before them. We we did a little bit of shopping in the gift shop, and then we checked out the arcade. Now, I will say, it is a really cool-looking arcade. It, it has a lot of games. It's fun, but it needs a little bit of TLC. So the name of this um, arcade is the Pixel Play Arcade. They all have names. They all, they're all themed, all that good stuff. But it's it needs some work. Um, I don't usually carry cash. It's just kind of a habitual problem. Um, so the only way that I could get tokens for her was to use one of the two credit card machines to load up one of their game cards. They use a card system, not really a token system. And I went to go do that, and both the credit card machines were down that first time we were there. So Olive was thoroughly disappointed, but we said, hey, if we have the time, we'll check it out another day. We did do that, as Chanel already described. We came back, and one of the card machines was working. So kudos to whoever fixes those things. They got one working. But half the games don't work. You know, they're down for whatever reason. So, they're you know, Olive had fun. She played for quite some time, but... Um, I got to say, the arcades need some work. They need some attention. It's kind of disappointing that they don't have, you know, something more modern going on there. Like, I would have loved to see uh, maybe like a VR headset type thing. Like, you pay a little bit and you get to use a VR headset for five minutes, something like that. Olive would have loved that. Oh, absolutely. She totally wants to wants me to buy her one. And I'm like, not yet. Not yet, kiddo. But alas... Uh, I think she had her fill playing some type of wave, wave runner type game and um, maybe a driving game, a motorcycle game, something like that. But uh, it was fun. It was a good time. Um, I think I loaded up maybe $5 or $10 worth of gameplay and she got her money's worth. I think we left uh, with that card entirely spent. Um, so that was cool. Um, another fun thing to do, it's not terribly costly. I don't think it was more costly than any other arcade, you know? I don't know. I don't know how to compare it, I guess. But I just think overall, the arcades need some attention at Disney. Any thoughts on that? Um, Nothing really, nothing really to add or, or anything like that. I will say, maybe you said this and I missed it, but it was really cute to put Fernie on some of the things and just let her, you know, air quotes, play like you know we put her in one of the little car things and she had fun pretending to do the steering wheel you know no tokens required of course but um that was just cute and fun so there's your toddler moment um at disney (laughs) so yeah yeah so next we want to talk about the flavors of animation we want to give i guess our takeaways on it 
but also kind of talk about um, what we ate and all that good stuff. So the flavors of animation, or I'm wow, I am way off. I'm gonna have to do some. Well, I'm not gonna edit. I'm just gonna tell you it's landscape of flavors, not flavors of animation. I don't know why I was calling it that, but it's landscape of flavors. Um, it's just been a rough week. Um, so you can please your palate with quick and delicious fare inspired by American favorites, including p- burgers, pizza, salad, and array of specialty beverages. Um, also some great desserts, I got to say. Um, this is a quick service dining area, and it is what you would expect at any of these value resorts. It is a food court style um, restaurant. Uh, it is one of those areas where they have multiple stations, which I love that concept because I've noticed, especially with Olive, like it's really fun for her. She'll check out this station and go, ooh, mm, I don't really feel that. And then she'll go to another station and be like, yeah, I like this station. You know, so it's kind of fun. It, it kind of sort of becomes like a little game for the younger ones because, you know, they get to check out the little areas that they love. Now, Olive can sometimes be picky, you know, so... You know, it is what it is. But uh, if you can find pasta, pizza, you know, that kind of stuff, she's she's usually golden. And uh, obviously, you can do that there. Uh, the decor of the, of the restaurant was really cool. You know, a lot of animated stuff, of course, drawings on the walls, that kind of thing. And lots of seating. Um, of course, in these food court areas. But I thought it, I thought it was a really cool food court. I gotta be honest i'm not entirely sure it is my favorite food court area i think i still lean towards either pop centuries or um the el mercado at coronado springs uh any thoughts yeah i was just gonna say decor and theming wise for me for sure uh coronado springs is a is a winner above that um now the theming at art of animation is consistent with with what it is um and it is very cool i'd say for me it's a step above pop century but it's been a while since i've been to pop century's food court they are they are very similar in the feel and the layout um it's very, it's, you know, this is the same layout essentially, um, but more, uh, more up to date theming or more or more theming that goes with with what the hotel is. Um, so, but for sure, Coronado, um, as far as theming for me, wins out. But Coronado Springs, to date, still is my favorite ho- my favorite resort on property, and that is having visited at least pretty much the majority of the Disney resorts on property. Haven't stated them all, but I have visited them all minus two of the all-stars. Um, and Coronado Springs is just, it's just my favorite. Um, so right. Um, still though, the theming is fun, spacious. That's important, especially at value resorts. You have, um, a lot of people coming through the value resort. So spaciousness is important. And there was definitely that element. We did hit it at a fairly, fairly busy time, maybe not crazy busy, but fairly busy time. Um, we hit it kind of right around the dinner time s- slot, probably like six thirty seven, maybe so later dinner, but still that main dinner boom. And, um, you know, they moved you through the line fairly quickly, um, fairly quickly. I mean, 
they're cooking, they're preparing somewhat of fresh food for you, at least at the booth that I stopped at. And so there's, there's a little bit of a wait and that's, that's okay. Um, are we getting into our food review at this point of it? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I stopped at what would be sort of the Asian themed little area in the food court and got a delicious bowl. It was, uh, like a chicken sesame bowl with, um, with fresh broccoli over rice. I mean, Nothing to complain about about this bowl. Everything was fresh, delicious, filling, so good. Um, definitely recommend a little bit of a wait, but that's okay. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I'm trying to remember if Olive ate with me and got an Asian bowl, or did she go to the more Italian section with you? Okay. So I, I got to add a little clarity. That wasn't an Asian-themed station. They just had that dish. That was more of... I'm not I'm not really sure what they themed it if it was just entrees because I went to that same station but I got something that was totally different. So um it is a rotating menu. Uh so I do want to be very clear with the entree station. We'll just call it the entree station. It's a rotating rotating menu. Uh so when we went they were obviously offering this sesame chicken um uh, but they were also offering it might have been orange chicken. They were also offering um a shrimp shrimp they were offering shrimps uh shrimp dish it was like a garlic shrimp um but it was it was more like grilled shrimp not necessarily asian inspired um so it was grilled shrimp potatoes green beans and well those were the sides i chose i think you could choose from multiple sides they had like a corn succotash they had green beans they had salad they had some sort of like a honey glazed carrot, I believe. Um, so, you know, a lot of vegetable options. Uh, but I went with the green beans and the potatoes, which were kind of a roasted potato. Be honest, um, I wasn't as big of a fan of the roasted potatoes. The green beans, on the other hand, were some of the best green beans I think I've ever had, period. They were just so flavorful. Pretty sure they dumped some of the garlic on them, too. Um, it was just amazing. Really good green beans. Olive had pasta, so yes, she did go to the quote-unquote Italian station. It's just the pizza and pasta station. She got some pasta, and I, I don't think she had a huge appetite for her entree because she was staring at the dessert that we got her. Um, other than that, uh, I don't really remember what my brother and sister-in-law got, uh, but I do know that if you went to the entree station, sometimes those things took a little bit longer because they they often were cooked to order. So some of it, you know, it's just sitting kind of there in the front and they just dish it up as you order. But some of it is more like you order and they give you a little piece of paper so you can go check out or whatever, but you got to wait for your food. And so I know what both Chanel and I ordered was that. I, I really liked the shrimp. I really liked the green beans. Potatoes were kind of meh to me. Overall, I would give it a thumb up. What about you? Yeah, food-wise, I'd give it like a really solid thumb up for what I got. Um, just delicious, fresh, uh, reasonable in price in terms of Disney prices, you know, um, 
resort pricing is it's going to be more than normal but um yeah and spacious dining area i've already kind of mentioned the spaciousness but we ne- we did not feel crammed even though it was a busier time we had space to to sprawl a little bit and you know when you have kids and a stroller and all the things that that comes with it, it's nice to have a little space to sprawl so we did feel like we had that um <clears throat> i will say we say this a lot but i like to say it a lot because we never know when we've got a new listener and if this is your first episode with us, but Disney is so good at accommodating um, food needs, food allergies, um, food specifications, you know, dietary restrictions that you may have. They're so good at it. So if you go to any, any, any food area on Disney property and you have a restriction, you can mention that. Um, I say any, maybe I should clarify, maybe not a small snack cart or something like, you know, a very small thing that's only offering two or three items. Obviously, they're not going to be able to accommodate, but you don't have to go far to find something on Disney property that will accommodate gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, you know, you name what your problem, what, I don't want to say problem. You, I'm sorry. You name what your uh, your dietary restriction is, and they will accommodate it, even if you have to talk to a cast member directly. We were not trying to offend anyone there. Um, and I do have to, once again, this is twice this episode, take back something I said. I didn't have potatoes. I'm looking at the pictures. I should have looked at the pictures first, shouldn't I? Idiot. Um, you can say that about me. I say it about myself all the time. Um, I can be your lovable idiot if you want. Um I had the garlic shrimp. I had the green beans, which clearly have garlic on them. But I had the rice. I don't. I don't know why I thought I had potatoes. I had it somewhere that trip. Um, but it's a. It was a rice with black bean mixture. Um, and I again, I for whatever reason, I don't know. It just wasn't the standout. What was was the shrimp and definitely those green beans. And Chanel had uh, either sesame, orange chicken, whatever it is, um, broccoli, peppers and rice so i don't have what olive had uh in my photos but i did find something really cool that she got at the gift shop and i'll i'll leave you with this she picked up one of those little um blind bag pin sets that you get we're pin collectors we've never done the pin trading uh but that's mostly because the pins that we buy we end up really liking and we don't want to get rid of so i would love to do the pin trading i just can't see myself getting rid of the pins that i have uh, but all have got this little blind blind bag set came with two pins, and they're so cute. One is a Dole Whip, um, and the dish that it's in has a little smiley face and so cute. And then the other one is Space Mountain with a little smiley face, and it, it is it's adorable. And we're not Space Mountain fans, but I can't see her getting rid of this pin because it's just adorable. I think you need to post these. I'll absolutely post these. People got to see these. People got to live in the moment with us a little bit. Um, But I'm going to share some of these photos. You'll see them on our Instagram, that Disney hustle. Would you give us a follow if you are not already following us on the Instagram? Um, We post pictures of our trips, not so much of ourselves. Um, That's always kind of our thing. We may post pictures of our children enjoying Disney, but not so much ourselves. Uh, But you'll see a lot of stuff about the parks, a lot of you know, food pictures, a lot of random pictures, like where we just see this really cool, I don't know, uh, lamp or something like that. And we're like, ooh, we got to post that. So there's some weird, random, obscure things, weird angles and all that. We just think they're cool. Um, we're not professional photographers. We just pretend. And uh, yeah, so enjoy following us, That Disney Hustle, on Instagram. 
And if you've enjoyed this episode, would you share our podcast with a friend or two? Uh, anyone who is interested in Disney, loves Disney, or may be interested at some point in time in taking a Disney trip, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to help you with any of that if, if that's something you're interested in. Chanel, why don't you sign us off? We are that Disney hustle serving you the most delightful Disney destinations. <laughs>